I want to continue talking today about, uh, about being, getting stronger, stronger. And I really sense that this is a time where the enemy has come against the church. The enemy has come against globally, against mankind in a way that, you know, probably even generations before us hadn't experienced yet. And so it's, it's shocking what's happening in the world. And uh, there's no doubt. I mean, we would need to not know the Bible at all, not to understand that there is an attack from the enemy against mankind. And, you know, if there's a time for us to be strong, is right now. Amen? This is not the time to backslide as a church to get lukewarm. This is a time to get strong and on fire for Jesus. Amen? And be the church. Amen. So 1 Samuel chapter 30. Verse 1, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1 says, And it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carry them away and went their way. So, so David and his men, they came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people were with him, lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power, no more strength to weep. Verse 6, now, now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Another translation says, was bittered. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Ziklag. Ziklag is, is, is an old um, Hebrew word, you know, that means the place of pressure or the place of distress. You know, linguists, they also believe that Ziklag may mean uh, the place where metal is, is heated and, and to the point of, of, of melting. So, so either way, Ziklag represents one of those Stations in life of distress, of pressure, where our metal is tested, where it's a place of extreme pressure and, and a place of, of distress. And so to David and his men, as they, as they came back into Ziklag, that's, that's what they found. It was not a place where they, were, you know, they had been marching for Three days, 120 kilometers, and, and they were probably looking. They were tired. They were exhausted. They were looking forward to the comforts of home, to seeing their families again, to go back to their home. There's no home like home, you know. And, uh, but instead, while they were away, the Amalekites, they took advantage of their absence. And they came in and they plundered and they took captive the people. And they, not only that, but they burned the whole place to the ground. And, and so as they're approaching Ziklag from the south, probably at a distance, they could already see the smoke. And, and all they came to was a ghost town, a pile of burned rubble with no voice of survivors. And it seemed that everything and everyone was lost 
Verse 4 says, And David and the people were with him, lifted up their voices to weep, and, and they wept until there was no more power to weep. Another translation says, There was no more strength to weep. You know, what a picture of what can happen in the place of pressure, in the place of distress, in the place where the enemy comes and, and tests your mettle to, just to see what comes out of it. You know, the no more power to weep. You know, what a little comfort weeping would have brought them. Even that fight it away as even their strength fight it away. And they just got that into that state where I've, where I've seen sometimes people, they just get numb. They just, they have no more, they can't even, they have no more strength. They can't summon any more emotion or tears. They just, they just don't know how to do it. They're just in shock. And uh, they had no comfort. There was no power. There was no strength. And there was no hope. You know, you know you have no strength when you've, you can't even weep. And in verse 6 it says, Now David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. They were bitter. Every man for his sons and his daughters. I mean, the most important thing in their lives, their own families, their sons and their daughters had been taken away. Of course, they had no idea that they were still alive. They probably thought, well, it's all gone. They're gone. The city's gone. This dream that we had of going around with David, you know, to make him a king, it, it's all gone. It was all a mistake. We may as well just kill our, our leader. And, and that's it. What extreme grief. What extreme pain. What extreme distress. On top of the physical exhaustion that they had already experienced by marching 120 kilometers, you know, they were so stressed, so tired, so weak, so frail, so at, at, at you know, the wit's end. And they, in, in verse 10, it actually says that eventually David actually went back to fight the enemies, but the army was so tired that of his 600 men, there were 200 who could not even cross the brook of Bezor, not a river, a brook. They were so exhausted that one-third of his manpower, you know, they were just, that's it. They couldn't even, you know, push themselves to cross a little brook. I mean, those places of pressure in life, they can at times leave you like that, depleted, frail, vulnerable, bitter, disappointed, tired, you know, it, it looked like, even to David, there was, there was no way out. Because it says that in verse 6, Now David was greatly distressed. You know, the distress also got to David. Well, it's a, sta a sad state of affairs when the leader itself gets stressed out. But I want you to know, leaders can also get stressed. Because leaders are men. <laughs> Amen. And, and that's it. Even, even David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. He's thinking, well, who, who have I? I mean, these were the only people that were there for me. I mean, king, the king is after me. I can, the Israelites have rejected me. Even the Philistines with whom David had had some kind of an alliance. Now the Philistines didn't want to have anything to do with you. I mean, what a sad day when the devil, not even the devil wants to have anything to do with you. You know you're going through a really bad day. Amen. So David was greatly distressed. Anything that could be a form of support was gone. Even the power, the strength to weep. 
However, I just, I just love, I just love the, the, I just love how this story, the twist in the story. I just love how the, 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 the thing changes, but says, however, however, David strengthened himself in the Lord. However, however, there's still one that hadn't left him. However, yeah, he lost all his allies. However, there's one that sticks closer than a brother. However, there's one that will never leave you nor forsake you. However, however, there's one, there's one. However, however, maybe there's someone discouraged you today. I want you to know it doesn't matter how many people have turned their back on you or what has happened to you. There is one who is with you in the middle of the pressure, in the middle of the fire. And I want you to know you're going to come out of it with a story and a testimony for the glory of God. Come on, give God some praise in this place. Hallelujah. You are not alone. You are not alone. Like that scripture that I read, my flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Wow, but God is the strength of my heart. You know, um, Isaiah 40 verse 29 says, He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, increases strength. He gives power to the weak. It's interesting, it says that they had no power to weep. But the Bible says He gives power to the weak. <laughs> and, uh, and to those who have no might, He increases strength. I love that. I love that. He increases strength. I, you know, this, this whole series is designed really to direct you to finding strength in the Lord, to lead you to the source of all power, and, and, and that, you're, that you are strong, to, to, so that God can cause you to be strong and, and in a place where your strength can increase. Amen? You know, as we saw in session four, Jehovah is strength. Ephesians 6, 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Who else? I mean, and in the power of his might. You know, God wants you to have a faith that is unshakable. God wants you to have, you, God wants you to have a metal that can be tested and comes out even purer and brighter and stronger and more tougher than ever. Amen? God doesn't want you to be a casualty. God wants you to be strong. So, now the second part of this story is there to show us what can happen when we run to God and strengthen ourselves in Him. I think, my, is my mic doing well? Yep, okay. Otherwise, I can scream. I can speak loud. <laughs> Amen. Okay. I, that was, yeah, just, okay, don't, don't mess with my mic. Now, the rest of the story shows us that eventually David pursued his enemies, overtook them, and the Bible says, and he recovered all. God gave him the strength to master his distress, look past the rejection of his man, and to face the enemy, to fight another day, and recover all. You know, he thought he had lost all, but only temporarily because he strengthened himself in the Lord and he recovered all. Absolute victory, total victory, not just partial victory, not just, uh, you know, let's negotiate and the devil, he can have this. And I know, I tell you what, the only victory that I'm interested in is total victory in Jesus' name. Amen. That's why maybe, maybe David. Maybe during that time he wrote Psalm 27 and verse 1 that says, 
The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I fear? Now, what does it look like to strengthen yourself in the Lord? What does that look like? Let's look at Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17. Again, this is like a worst-case scenario that Habakkuk is, is describing. And he's saying, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there is no herd in the stalls, you know, that's a really bad situation. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. You know why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. It says, verse 19, The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and He will make me walk in my high heels to the chief musician. Uh, not, of course, uh, come on, uh, Brian, uh, my, you know, anyway, whatever that means, but up on the hills, you know, not on the valley, not high hills. Come on, ladies. Oh. But then it says, okay, let's get serious here. And it tends. Now, <laughs> to the chief musician with my stringed instruments. You know, this passage shows us a similar scenario to that of David, where everything seems to be lost and gone. However, Habakkuk shifts the focus to the strength that we can receive from God. And then he adds, to the chief musician with my stringed instruments. He's saying, come on, worship leader. Let's, let's get some music to, this, to these lyrics. Let's worship. Let's worship. And that's what does strengthening yourself in the Lord look like? It looks like this. You come up with a song and you worship your God. And then you come up with a song and you worship your God. You know, he gives, he gives his song to his worship leader. You know, you can sing your way uh, into the heart of God and out of your uh, heart of heaviness. It, out of your heavy heart, you can sing your way into the heart of God. Now, that's, that's, that's David. David as well. He had a song for every problem he faced. In, he wrote Psalm 59 when he pursued uh, Saul. He wrote Psalm 56 when imprisoned in Gath. He wrote Psalm 3 when he was fleeing from Absalom. He wrote Psalm 63 when he was hiding in the wilderness of Judah. It looked like he had a song for every problem that he went through. And I tell you, well, that's a great way to deal with our problems and our situations and those times of pressure. Come up with a song, amen, and sing your heart out in the middle of a song, amen. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, three things you can always do. You're never too weak never to do three things that David did. You know what? Number one, you can sing. Everyone say sing. sing. Amen. He sung. And the other thing you can say, say with me, say. say. Because Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say, I am strong. Amen. Come on. There's, thing, there's three things you can always do. You can always sing, you can always say, and you can always pray. Because the Bible says in the book of Romans that, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. That sometimes we don't even know how to pray as we ought. Have you ever been there? You don't know even in what direction to pray, but you can pray. So you know what? You're never too weak not to sing, to say, and to pray. Come on, give Jesus a big hand. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Now, 
You know, Habakkuk had a song. David had many songs. Paul and Silas had a song in the middle of their trial in Romans 4.20. Um, um, sorry, that's another one. Uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 25. Acts 16, verse 25 says, Now at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to him. I, always, I find that really interesting. How, what could they do? Where could they go? <laughs> they had to listen to them. But the Bible says at midnight, you know, there's Paul and Silas with a song of praise. They were strengthening themselves in the Lord. They were singing, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper. Chi-chi-chi-chi. You know, chi-chi-chi-chi was the change. You know, they, that was the only instrument available. The only instrument available, you know, in, in the... In the <laughs> God. They're like, oh, come on, prisoners, come on, sing with us. We make her. <laughs> and at midnight, an earthquake came, and they got out of that place. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Abraham, he had a song when he believed God for the impossible. This is Romans 4.20. It says, no unbelief or distrust made him waver, doubting, question." Concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong. And he was empowered by faith as he gave praise and glory to God. I tell you what, there's such power in praising God. The Bible says he was empowered. He received strength as he gave glory and praise to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise God. Now, David had many songs, Habakkuk, Paul and Silas, <laughs> Abraham, and, and Jesus. Even Jesus, before he went to the cross, he sung a song. You know, it's quite appropriate because we're now entering a time of Easter. And I want you to come with me to Matthew chapter 26, verse 39. But I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out of the Mount of Olives. You know, praise preceded the cross. Praise preceded all the suffering that Jesus was going to face. You know, just before they were about to go, you know what, the Bible says that they sung a hymn. And in actual fact, it's not, it's not, one, it's not one hymn. It's about six songs. It's the songs between Psalm uh, 113 to Psalm 118. That's what the Jews called the, the Hallel. Hallel. They, they sing that right up to this day during Passover. They sing the Hallel. They sing from Psalm 113 down to Psalm 118. That's a whole worship session. That's more songs than the songs we sung today. And that's what happened. Even Jesus had a song just before he went to the cross. Amen. And he sang and they had a worship session. And like Jesus, we can draw upon the strength that comes from praising God. Uh, to face our greatest moments of pressure, we can praise our way into victory. Let me just demonstrate to you that there is a definite connection between praise and strength. Because there was one time in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 14, you're going to see the scripture up there, where Jesus is performing miracles, the blind are seeing, the crippled are walking, and there's some children in the temple that start worshiping Jesus and the people, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the leaders of the temple, they're, they're really upset at Jesus. And they said, well, you know, and Jesus said this to them. He said, have you never heard 
out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, infants, you have perfected praise. You have perfected praise. You know, it's interesting that Jesus is quoting Psalm chapter 8, verse 2. It says, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. Praise, strength. Was Jesus misquoting Psalm 8? No. It's so interesting because in the, in the Hebrew language, the word translated for strength is exactly the same word translated for praise. It's so interesting that, that praise and strength are in the Hebrew language are just one word. That's why you, Jesus quoted praise, Jesus said praise, and Psalm 8 said strength. You know what? They're both the same. Now, Exodus 52, Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2, Psalm 118, verse 14, they all have this expression that God is my strength and my song. In the original language, it's just one word. But that word means exactly both things, strength and song. It means it's a, it's a divine exchange. You give God your praise and God gives you His strength. Amen. You give God your worship and God gives him the strength that he has in the middle of your trial, in the middle of your weakness, in the middle of your frailty. As you strengthen yourself in God, this is how it goes. You worship, worship goes up and strength comes down. Hallelujah. Praise God. Give him praise this morning. Give him praise this morning. God ordains his strength in your praise. God ordains his strength in your praise. And that's what we're going to do this morning. Come on, musicians. Get up here quickly. Come on, church. Let's all stand up. How many of you need strength here this morning? How many of you need strength here this morning? Come on, let's do that. Let's practice that right now. Let's encourage. Let's strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Let's give Him strength out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants. You have ordained strength. Just get this for a second. Babes and nursing infants, they're vulnerable. They're hardly the picture of strength. You know, if you have a, something to move around the house, you would never go to your baby. You know, just come on, get out of a cot. Come and give me a hand because they're frail, vulnerable, dependable. They're just looking at you like, give me the bottle. <laughs> you know, God is talking about someone who is in a place of vulnerability. But God says, that even to babes and nursing infants, God ordains strength. Amen. I don't know how you feel this morning. Maybe you feel like you're in your Ziklag. Maybe you feel like you've, you know, your metal has been tested. Maybe you feel like, well, what I've been going through is just way too much for me to, I'm just as defenseless as a baby. But even to babies, He ordains strength. How does that happen? Give Him praise. Give him a song. Give him something to work with. Never rush out of the presence of God. Sometimes people, when they're going through trouble, they rush here and there like headless chickens. You know what? The best thing sometimes you could ever do is just stand still in the presence of God and allow the joy of the Lord to be His strength and allow praise to come out of your mouth, a brand new song of worship to God and exchange your weakness for His strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
And, and it's in that place, it's in that place of exchange that God gives you the strategy, that God gives you the ideas, that God gives you the inspiration, that God go shows you the way where there is no way. Amen. That's in that place where God shows you how to fight your battle. And I tell you what, you will, you will pursue, you will recover all if you do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on.